As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome into the Cubs Talk podcast brought to you by Wintrust, home of Cubs checking with free ATMs nationwide. Find out more at wintrust.com slash Cubs. All right, here with Jesse Rogers with ESPN and your Twitter handle, ESPN Shy Cubs. We got to throw that out there these days, yes. you know. Well, Jesse, we're sitting out here in what is now beautiful Mesa, Arizona. It was a little drizzly as pitchers and catchers reported today. The big story, as everyone expected, you Darvish arriving here this afternoon, um, taking the backdoor approach already yeah. on us. I mean, a veteran move there from him. But um, from what you heard or we heard through his translator and his well as uh, Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer and Joe Madden when they stepped up to the podium. What was your biggest takeaway? Well, first of all, this is a tall dude. This is a big guy. Forgot <laughs> yeah. how big he was. Um, but actually, my biggest takeaway were, were the things that, that they referenced regarding the World Series last right. year and his struggles. And Darvish accepted it. He said he read a lot of the articles and he didn't admit to whether it was tipping pitches or something else, but he admitted to the struggles, which were obvious. He also admitted to struggles during the regular season mm -hmm. in Texas. His numbers were a little elevated and he, and he wants to fix all of that. So that was a pretty nice and honest takeaway from him. And Theo's um, response was interesting. Um, no team should ever overreact to a couple game sample size, but Darvish does have a little bit of a reputation that precedes him about maybe some big games. And Theo thought maybe the, the, the Cubs could take advantage of that. Like if other teams that were interested in Darvish overreacted to his struggles in the World Series, maybe they would come in and lowball him a little bit. So um, it's kind of weird how his struggles in, against the Astros may have benefited the Cubs. They got a decent deal. And the final thing that I learned in the last few days is um, the initial kind of talk was five years and $125 million. And usually we talk about front offices don't want to give lengthy contracts to pitchers because they're never good at the end of those contracts. But in this case, the Cubs actually pushed for a sixth year. Now the total could go up to 150 million, but they wanted to spread out the money because nowadays there's almost a cap with this luxury tax. So they actually pushed for the extra year, even though we don't know what he'll be in his sixth year. So those are some interesting takeaways. Um, but I kind of liked what he said, going back to my original point. Yes, I did struggle, not just in the World Series, but at times in, in 2017, and I want to be better. No, I love that you started with that because I think the one reaction I was hearing from fans a lot was, this guy is not better than Jake Arrieta. Look at what's happened. Look at his numbers. Look at big games. And I don't think we need to get into a comparison because the deal was the Cubs were never going to get Jake Arrieta on this type of a deal. I mean, I, I don't know what – we still don't know what Arrieta is going to end up getting or where he's going to end up getting it. But I think this was the deal, and they told us today – I don't know if it was a surprise to you at all, but Theo came out and said he was our primary target. We just really didn't think it was realistic um, at the beginning uh, – when winter hit but then as the talks and the winter 
continued to stretch on and on like it did. Um, I think they felt like they had found themselves in the mix then. But did that any of that surprise you with them saying he was our primary target? Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting phrase okay. because to me, anyone not say say this, of course, Theo, but the words that should have come after that was he was our primary target based on our our payroll needs and concerns. Yes. For example, just take the extreme. If Arietta said, "Yeah, give me a one-year deal for deal for 15 million," all of a sudden he would have been the primary target, right? <laughs> yeah. And if Good Darvish point. and Arietta both were asking for 10 years and 200 million, Alex Cobb would have been the target. So, <laughs> the primary target is not just the guy that's a good pitcher, but it's one that's in their price range. And I think what happened here is, if you want to pull yeah. back, I think what happened is initially the Cubs felt Arietta and Darvish would both be priced out. That's why they don't, and that's why I asked this question to Theo. They didn't meet Darvish till mid-December. Now, even in this weird offseason, that's pretty late yeah. to have a first meeting. But I think what happened was his agent figured out by the time the winter meetings rolled around, okay, these 200 million offers or 180 aren't coming in. Mm -hmm. So let me go back to the Cubs and see if there's some parameters. And once there's like, okay, one, we're, you're in the 120 range now. Let's go meet with them. Yep. So I think he kind of came back on their radar. They go meet with them. There's a nice little match. Remember, the Cubs went after Darvish years ago when he first came over at, uh, from Japan. So you knew the Cubs liked him. And that's where this thing got going. So it's about the talent along with the contractual situation and the match worked. Yeah, that's a good point, the way you clarified all of that. Um, I think that... Um some of the fun things we learned to to move it forward is I I enjoy the parts like him saying when asked about Chris Jimenez being part of it did it have any influence on his decision and he kind of quipped that he was really actually looking more forward to working right. with Wilson yeah. Contreras like right. jokingly he goes I like Contreras better now I thought that was fun for a number of reasons I, I think it shows he has a great sense of humor he's obviously at a point where he um, I mean we bumped into Jimenez in the hallway who said he called him must have called him a hundred some times mm -hmm. trying to convince him this was a good place to be I thought it was uh, fun to hear him say the guy he looks forward to most talking to is Kyle Schwarber because he homered off because, him in the yeah. NLCS yeah, yeah. So, wants to know what kind of workouts he's putting in to right. hit a ball like that right right um, and probably learn what pitch he should not throw again to a slugger because exactly. that was one of the few bad ones Darvish threw against the Cubs so yeah he seemed like a uh, fun guy I've talked to you know Justin Grimm yesterday yeah. one of his former teammates down in Texas and the thing about when you get a Japanese player or even a, a Spanish-speaking player they may have a great sense of humor but you don't know it right. because you just um, Darvish can't speak some English and through his interpreter, we saw a little bit of that sense mm -hmm. of humor. I wonder if we'll see it more when there aren't a hundred cameras around him Agreed. like there were today. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he seems like he could fit in well here. And I thought another interesting point was he didn't want to sign mid spring training because mm -hmm. that would cause a distraction. Yeah. You know, think about Mike Montgomery today. He's now back in the bullpen. Think about if three weeks from now, they signed Darvish, and Mike Montgomery thinks he's three weeks closer to being a starter, and yep. he said, so it could have been a distraction. That really was a win-win for both sides to have him in camp as it opens. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I think that we actually will see him try to speak English with us throughout mm -hmm. the you know, season and even maybe here at camp a little bit, just given the situation he was asked today, was he tempted to do it? Right. And with all those cameras around, you saw this grin on his face once the interpreter had asked the question, like, no, I wasn't going to do it in a situation like this. But we do know he tried. 
with Theo and yeah, Jed during yeah. that meeting to do it all without an interpreter. And I think that was a sign of respect is what he made it sound like. Is that how you took it? Well, I think he, he, he I think he also wanted to show Theo and Jed something like I, I'm not just a guy that's going to rest of my laurels. You right. know, I've got I'm trying to advance myself on and off the field. I really think that why would he pick that moment not yeah. to have an interpreter? I think he was trying to send a positive message like I'm a guy trying to grow and along those lines Theo said and we have to believe him they they, they think they're getting him at the right time. In March it'll be 3 years removed from Tommy John surgery. Right. The numbers are pretty darn good. Throwing 94 on the fastball. All the analytics say his stuff is good. They think mentally, though, he's taken a step. Six, seven years in the league now, they think they're getting him at a prime time. Now, remember, the Cubs do things in a very unique way with their with their scouting reports. Uh, Mike Borzello will have a lot of conversations, I'm sure, leading okay. leading up to his starts in the regular season. Let's see if, like Arietta, when he came over, um, you know, Lester was already an established star. Let's see if, and Darvish is pretty established. Let's see if there's a little bit of another level the Cubs can get out of him. I think that is really interesting, the the takeaway. I remember it was Theo saying something to the effect of, we think his mental and f part of his focus has caught up with his ability physical to pitch, part, yeah. his physical part. And so that will be really interesting to watch. And, and he must have made an impression, like you're saying, because today's words from Theo were, him not finishing the deal with LA has made him basically refocus, reminds himself of what's most important in this game, and thinks that that hunger has made him maybe uh, the guy in the clubhouse right now that wants it more than any to finish the deal. And he, he said he thinks that this is the right time to make that happen. So Theo's coming out and saying things like, we think we've got this group put together that can attain this goal once again. What do you, I mean, with that kind of stuff, you've got, we're going to hear from Brandon Morrow at some point. I'm, I'm still curious to hear from him a little bit more on you, Darvish, but just he's your closer right now. You look at the what they're setting up as their rotation right now is pretty much set in stone. They did mention Mike Montgomery. Montgomery be a six guy in camp, mm -hmm. but they're not going to go with a six man rotation out of camp. So, what you see and this core group, I mean, do they have do they have it in them with everything you're else seeing around the league to possibly be back in October on the World Series trail and getting it done again? Yeah, I mean, obviously they do. It's a pretty stacked mm -hmm. team. We know that they scored the second most runs in the league, and and all we did was criticize the offense yeah. all all year and even in the off season. They brought all those guys back, and now. The starting staff, you know, just thinking of Chatwood as a five and Quintana as a four is amazing. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I mean, you can find warts on any team. Maybe, you know, Moro doesn't, Brandon Moro doesn't have the recent experience or success closing. And that is definitely an issue. We'll see what happens. Um, but what I, I also liked hearing from Joe about, and, and along the lines of what you said about Darvish, is it, he, Joe feels like there's, a, there's the chip back on the Cubs' shoulder. Yeah. I mean, it was easy to have a chip after 108 years. Mm -hmm. But in year one last year, after the 108-year drought ends, you know, everyone believed in the Cubs. They just won. There wasn't that. But now they ended the last season poorly. Darvish himself ended it poorly. The Cubs ended it against Darvish poorly. He And, and certain guys like Schwarber and a few others, even Hayward, didn't have great years. And so, they're, they're, you know, Brian and Rizzo don't need a chip. They're just they're just good. So maybe, maybe there's a little hunger back and a little chip. I mean, there's nothing like, you know, failure to breed success, right? right, to lead to success. And so Joe feels that in day one here, he's got a little bit of that. We'll see as we, we go through spring training if that's true. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, the enthusiasm he talks about just feeling and seeing from these guys early on in the first couple days. And um, I, I think we talk about failure, and yet 
these guys were in the NLCS for a third straight year. But you're right, it, it, they did. They fell short of that ultimate goal. And um, I know it's early. What are we at Feb February 13th? Because tomorrow's Valentine's Day. Don't forget to tell your now fiance how much you love her and all that good stuff. Send her the card, Jesse. Yeah, I'm not going to dinner with you on fiance uh, on your on your birthday and Valentine's Day this year. That's not <laughs> happening unless unless NBC Sports Chicago is paying for it, of course. <laughs> Goodness, we'll see how that goes over. Um, but you can deliver. I, maybe we'll pass out Valentines to the guys. Uh, that that would be fun. I'm not passing out That'd Valentines to any guy. For you, Jesse, hey, thank you as always. You for got joining it. Us. <laughs> We're gonna take a quick timeout, and when we come back, I'm going to talk a little bit with the Cap Man about the first couple days here at camp. Keep your money local. Bring it home to a Wintrust Community Bank, home of Cubs checking with free ATMs nationwide. Find out more at Wintrust.com slash Cubs, member FDIC. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Cubs Talk podcast presented by Wintrust. Kelly Crawl here now with the one and only David Kaplan, of course, our host of Cubs pre and post game shows on NBC Sports Chicago. And Cap, you got to watch all the madness of you, Darvish, and becoming official, sliding that Cubs jersey on this afternoon at the podium with Theo Epstein next to him. What were your thoughts as you watched everything unfold? How far this organization has come, that was the first thing I thought of, Kel because I've been doing the pre and post mm -hmm. since 1995. And to think back of what that infrastructure was, or lack thereof, the fact that it was like a big deal mm -hmm. when they would make one signing and not to see a team loaded with superstar talent players go, you know what? We're going to go out and spend another $126 million. It showed me that the Cubs are just so serious about winning and that they're now one of the top organizations year in and year out in the sport. Yeah, and I think a lot of fans cap one of their first question marks, I guess, when they heard about this signing. I think there was a, a sense of excitement, of course, but then I think there was this sense of, well, are we getting the U Darvish that's been this four-time all-star and just incredible strike thrower that's dominated on this level for what, the past four seasons? Or are we getting the guy that struggled in the World Series, right? And in three and a third innings gave up however many runs it was to the Houston Astros. And when you heard Theo Epstein come out today and say, listen, we're not going to judge a guy based on the sample size of two games in the playoffs. We're going to judge this guy um, over the course of his career. Do you feel like that will, I guess, um, answer any of the questions that maybe fans will have going into the season as to what kind of pitcher they're getting in you Darvish. I don't know. I'd love to hear your take on it because I don't think no matter what the Cubs say, it could be mm -hmm. Theo, Jed, Jim Hickey, Joe Madden, it could be you himself. I don't think right. the, the doubters are still going to have their doubts until this guy is pitching and pitching successfully in the postseason because I know what the haters are going to say. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay, he beat the Reds right. in April. Oh, yeah, okay, great. He won over the Cardinals in August. Let's see him pitch in October and early November, and they won't believe it until he does it. So all he's got to do is continue to go out, make good pitches, stack win after win on top of one another. I'm talking from a team perspective more than individual, and I think that will be the only way he will quiet the doubters. The Cubs are saying, look, we're going to look at 800 innings of data versus 
four or five or six mm -hmm. innings of data in the postseason. That's the intelligent way to look at it. But again, he's got to go out and produce. I don't know where you sit on it. That's, I think, how I feel. Yeah, well, I thought it was interesting to hear, you know, Theo uh, remark on the fact that they feel like they're getting him at quite possibly the best point in his career. He's been over here for six seasons now. Of course, when he came over from Japan, there was so much hype, so much pressure on this guy uh, to perform at such a high level. And he thinks that now his mental capability of focusing and, uh, of course, his sequence of pitching and being able to think through a game and through different hitters has now matched the physicality of his game in which he's always had, right? The ability to throw strikes. And when you've heard that and seen that in the past from other pitchers, how do you then put into perspective what he's trying to say about you, Darvish? That has to excite you, right? A hundred percent. You know, he's got the injury behind him now almost three years ago, the surgery, so he should right. be healthy. Velocity has ticked up post-Tommy John surgery. He's gotten time to get acclimated mm -hmm. to being in American baseball, which is different than Japanese baseball. He is learning and embracing the language, like when they met with him in Dallas in December, and it's Theo and Jed yep. and the Cubs personnel, and he did not bring a translator. He said, I want to do this on my own with my agent and see if I can get through this meeting, which is a high-level meeting discussing your future and you know a hundred-plus million-dollar deal. So I think he's in a really good place. And I also think he's a competitor. He knows, and he said, I read the articles where people are questioning me and saying I didn't perform on the biggest stage in the World Series. I think he wants to shut everyone's mouth. Yeah, you get the sense that he really um, wants to take another huge step in his career, right? He certainly doesn't come in or act like, now granted this is day one, but but a guy who has an ego and is that big name pitcher that just landed this deal because of his name. I mean, he, he really came in, I felt like, in this humble regard of wanting to become the best pitcher he can be in order to help this team win again. And I think Theo and Jed both went into how he may be one of the hungriest guys on the team because he got to the World Series last year and didn't finish it off and felt like, in part, that a lot of that fell on his shoulders and how he performed there in Game 7. And he now has this just, um, you know, competitive side to him that wants to go out, fix whatever it is that can be done, work with Jim Hickey, um, and and really improve his game, whether that comes from a sequencing of his pitches or, or whatever it is that he goes into. Um, he mentioned even the Cubs having things, and from an analytical standpoint, that he'd never seen before. And he was looking forward to that and maybe that changes you know the way you know he takes this next step in the game but i i got the sense too that may, maybe he understands the language more than we're, we give him credit yet anyway because you think about that meeting that he had with Jed and Theo and doing it without the interpreter. Well, today, you know, he's asked about um, Chris Jimenez being here and how, you know, did that influence him or whatever. And he jokingly says, I like Contreras better. And he almost started to say that in English. And I think there will be times when there aren't 40 cameras and over 100 media members in a room all staring down at him that he tries to to speak English with us. I think you're going to see him maybe try to do that as well. And and so I, I think it's going to be really intriguing to see him work his way into this lineup. And Cap, when you look at this lineup or rotation, I should say, excuse me, top to bottom, 
it was posed to me earlier in the afternoon, is this the best rotation in the National League? And in your opinion, how close are they to being the best in baseball? I think right now today, and that could change, today for me they're the best rotation in the National League. Uh, the Washington Nationals, if they land Jake Arrieta, I would slot higher than the Cubs. That's if they get Jake Arrieta. But let's not forget, as good as mm -hmm. the Washington pitching staff is, they haven't won one playoff series, Kel. Not one. So until they prove on a right. big stage that they can take the next step, I give the nod to the Chicago Cubs, who have John Lester, as good a big game pitcher as there is, Kyle Hendricks, who won game six to send the Cubs to their first World Series in 71 years, who started game seven in the epic win that you and I saw together in Cleveland when they won the World Series. So that's why mm -hmm. I give the nod right. to the Cubs. Now, the Houston Astros... They've got a great pitching staff. Garrett Cole has not won to the level of his ability. The other guys on that staff, Dallas Keuchel and Lance McCullers and Justin Verlander, they were awesome last year and won the World Series, and they were clearly the best team. So you could go Houston, Chicago, Washington. You could go Chicago, Washington, Houston. You could put them in a hat, pull them out, and come up with a, a very worthy number one team for me of those three. I think those are the three best in baseball. Yeah, I'm absolutely am with you. And I think it really is impressive when you think about the top four of this Cubs rotation could be one and twos for so many other teams, right? And then this five guy, Tyler Chatwood, they're thrilled to have him on board. He was one of the first arms they wanted to go out and get. So I'm anxious to see him get out here and work this week here in Mesa. And and then I think maybe something that, that Theo wanted to drive home today is let's not forget, of course, you Darvish turns this rotation into one of the best in the National League. but we're still so overwhelmed with what we have from the core of young guys here. And I think that that's one of the things maybe that I'm most looking forward to this season, Cap. I don't know how you feel, but uh, the, the Kyle Schwarbers and the maybe it's Albert Amora Jr. or an Addison Russell who didn't have the season they wanted to have a year ago. If these guys can play even a third of the way to their potential, I, th I think we could see some really incredible things out of this group this year. I think you make a wonderful point that I want to see what Javi Baez does with a few years under his belt. How good can Chris Bryant really be? He was great in 16. He had a really good year in 17. I'm expecting even more. Like if I saw Chris Bryant and all of a sudden went, <laughs> wow, 295, 41 bombs and 128 knocked in, that wouldn't shock me. Anthony Rizzo, I expect another massive year. How about Wilson Contreras? He was missed part of the season last year with a pulled hamstring. The year before, he wasn't even on the team at the start. So, yeah, I'm with you. I want to see what this core group of guys does. What does the skinny Kyle Schwarber do? Now that he had a chance to train as a baseball player and not rehab from a knee injury, you know, that's what he spent last winter doing. Is he ready to be a superstar hitter, which is what Theo and Jed thought they were getting when they drafted him out of Indiana University. So this team is loaded, but again, if they don't get to the World Series, for me, it's a failure. And I know that's a strong statement, but this team put all their chips in the middle. They said, we're all in. We're going to add right. to the bullpen. We are going to have the best core, and we're going to go get you, Darvish, and Ch Tyler Chatwood. They put their money out there. This is a team built to win. 
Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And I think, you know, big picture, I think Theo and Judd would say the same thing. They walked into that press conference today sitting you Darvish down and telling everybody, fans included, this is the guy they expect to help them with everybody else playing up to what they should and their potential to get them right back to the World Series and get it done again. So I'm with you. I think they would feel the same way. It would be a disappointment if they weren't back there. Final take, Cap, in 15 seconds or less from you Darvish's introductory press conference with the Cubs' afternoon uh, final take would be this is a guy excited to be here that Theo wanted this guy five six years ago didn't get him and now maybe the time is right for this guy to kind of finish off things for him from his image perspective where he struggled in the World Series and maybe he comes to the Cubs and we all celebrate another world title wouldn't that be something? I'd love to do that with you again, Cap. Thank you so much for joining us, of course, as always this afternoon. You're the best. Enjoy the weather out there, Cal. Looks like you're having fun. Appreciate it. All right. Well, this is your Cubs Talk podcast brought to you by Wintrust, home of Cubs checking with free ATMs nationwide. Find out more, Wintrust.com slash Cubs. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.